0: Hi and welcome to the Stefan Levera podcast, a show about Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today's episode is a really interesting one. It's with Carlos Roldan, CEO and co-founder of Satoshi Games and the team behind LightNight, kind of like Fortnite but with lightning and sats. So this episode is brought to you by Kraken, one of the world's leading Bitcoin exchanges offering a high-quality platform. They are the place to buy, sell and trade Bitcoin Kraken are one of the world's most liquid exchanges as well, which really matters if you're trying to make sure you are getting a good price. They offer low fees with no minimum or hidden fees. They offer 24-7 support. It's really easy to get support in the chat. Uh, And Kraken are also consistently rated the best from a security standpoint. Kraken have Kraken Pro mobile app and a futures app delivering all the security and features you love about the Kraken exchange in a beautiful mobile-first design. Kraken also offer an OTC desk for those seeking more private and personalized service for large block trades over 100,000 USD or more. Check out Kraken Margin up to five times and Kraken Futures up to 50 times leverage. Go and sign up at kraken.com or search Kraken Pro in the App Store or Google Play. This episode also brought to you by Unchained Capital, a Bitcoin financial services company. Their products are built on the foundation of multi-sig. So you can set up a vault which uses two of three multi-signature. You can use Trezor and Ledger with cold card coming soon. You would hold two of those keys. Unchained would hold one of those keys and be the cosigner or the backup option in case you need it. If you need a loan, if you need USD liquidity, as the saying goes, friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin. Unchained offer collateralized loans. You can put up some Bitcoin and receive USD. Your Bitcoin will never be rehypothecated and it's stored on-chain, dedicated multi-sig addresses. Go and check out the awesome content that Unchained Capital are producing on their blog and also their open source content, Hermit and Caravan. I think you'll enjoy partnering with them. Go and learn more, unchained-capital.com. Next, Swan Bitcoin. Bitcoin is better money and you want to stack it regularly without manual processing, right? If you're in the US, you must look up Swan Bitcoin at swanbitcoin.com. You can link any major US bank account via ACH and auto buy weekly or monthly. The Bitcoin is delivered to your wallet or stored with a licensed and regulated custodian. Swan Bitcoin's focus is on education and Bitcoin advocacy. Jan Pritzker, the author of Inventing Bitcoin, is their CTO, and Brady from Citizen Bitcoin is head of education. I'm involved as an advisor with a small equity stake also. So there's givebitcoin.io for your Bitcoin gifting, and go to swanbitcoin.com for your automated Bitcoin stacking. So if you've got your Bitcoins, are you keeping them safe? Check out CypherSafe at cyphersafe.io, producing the CypherWheel product. If you've invested in a Bitcoin hardware wallet, are you keeping your BIP39 seed backed up in a way that's fireproof, waterproof, rustproof, petproof, and tamper-evident? The Cypher wheel is a new product. It's compact, comes in a wheel shape, it masks the words of your seed, and it's got a padlock tamper-evident seal. Make sure you or your loved ones have access to your Bitcoins if that accident were to occur. Orders are going out now. Go and order yours at CipherSafe.io. Here's the interview. Carlos, welcome to the show.
1: Hi. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you very much.
0: So Carlos, uh, I've uh, had the chance to uh, meet you recently at the uh, well, not recently at the Lightning conference, and uh, also Baltic Honey Badger. I don't know, you're doing a lot of cool work with uh, Satoshi's Games and also Light Night. So love to jump into all of that. And um, I know, obviously, you're big into Lightning. So tell us, why are you into Lightning?
1: So when I saw for the first application of Lightning, that was the Lightning Place from Koala. I just you know i just instantly realized the power of lightning to make gaming experiences and to create circular economies within games that i think in my opinion that's the biggest strength that can bring for the for product development in the gaming area
0: yeah and did you play a lot of games yourself and that was why you wanted to work into that field
1: yeah yeah i I was coming from a gaming background i've always been playing games and i've been into games and then just when i just jumped into into lightning and i saw the potential then everything fit together, so it was like a perfect match.
0: Awesome, and uh, I know you've got a little bit of history in the space as well, that you, you were working on different projects and so on before uh, starting Satoshi's Games. So why did you start Satoshi's Games and when did you start it?
1: So it was started like back one year and a half ago, and the actual reason was to actually get in touch more deep with the technology behind Lightning Network, so I could actually learn myself about Lightning. And then also as a test proof, so I could actually benchmark how Lightning was in games. So I had some data and results after after doing it, and, and I wanted to know if there was actually a market behind that. And that was the reason why I actually jumped into a proof of concept, which is basically a mini clip a website of Bitcoin Games.
0: And you've got a range of games there. Tell us a little bit about uh, what y- listeners will see when they go to Satoshi's Games website. So
1: basically, they all have like replicas of famous or popular games that they've been having, you know, a success in the past, but they are now in a, they've been Bitcoinized. So basically, they have some 8-bit a-bit uh, style, and they also have some, some game mechanics that they have more incentives to play. So kind of, you know, satsback or satosis hiding in the game and, and things like that or you can compete against others and then when you kill another opponent you get the satosis or a part of it so that's what you, what you mostly find so you find versions of super mario or you find versions of flappy crypto uh, you have games like lightning agar which is this multiplier game that i was talking about
0: ah uh, yeah so lightning agar is a really interesting one as well that's the one where you kind of walk around and you are uh kind of accumulating other pieces and then you all go and fight each other at the end. Really funny game. Uh, And uh, you got Super Bro as well, right? Like a Mario version um, where you kind of go along and pick up sats and so on. So uh, another interesting thing about satoshi's games that i noticed is it has an interesting way of setting up your account how do you set up your account there
1: so basically you have a few ways none of them ask you for email and passwords because in this project i wanted to just get rid of the actual standard and there are a few ways one of it is actually doing a proof of payment basically if you pay an invoice you actually make it to have an account and then you your data gets persistent there which basically entitles you to have avatars or to or you know to customize your account and, and yeah, the, the actual reason is to actually it's a quality filter. So I can having an account in Satoshi's Games also gives you uh, access to playing Bitcoin games, um, which is the actual more premium feature of the of the of the project, the platform. And the other and the reason where I put this system where you can pay an invoice, something as simple as that, is is interesting because it brings a quality filter where I first test the user their capabilities using Lightning Network. So they you know, they have an experience and they are going to have no friction when interacting with Bitcoin games because they previously know how to do a transaction
0: Lightning. I see. So it's a bit of a test. If you can't successfully make a payment for 1000 sats, then you might not be able to withdraw or deposit lightning, uh, Bitcoins over Lightning into the website when you're playing and withdrawing and so on. Interesting stuff. And so I noticed as well when you do that, so you pay 1,000 sats, so at the time of recording, that's around 10 cents or whatever. And so then you have to copy that and keep that somewhere because that is your actual account.
1: Yeah, yeah, you have like a seed. So basically you can import or export your account and play in different devices. And and yeah, so you can have a more interoperability game uh, experience within the platform. But again, that was like more like a benchmark because we wanted to do so... A test, so we can actually prove that lightning games are worth it, uh, not only for the consumer, uh, as well for the provider, and if the actual motivation of that test was to actually find it out, so we can actually focus on a bigger uh, strategy to, to make it happen in a more dynamic and more attractive way with a different game. And, and yeah, and uh, that was it.
0: Great. And so can you tell us a little bit about how you're thinking more broadly about how Satoshi's games informed your future projects and other ideas around gaming and Lightning Network?
1: So we, we had like a high demand of, of game developers uh, that they went, they saw in Satoshi's games, they wanted to add their games or they wanted to add Bitcoin. So that was one of the cases where we actually uh, actually had an impact on on, on our, on our road. So we started to think how to develop products or, or services where you know this facilitates facil- uh, makes easier and um, to other game developers to actually implement line into their games or or put their games into the website. However, due to the core architecture and um, it was a prototype, it was not an actual product to be fully you know delivered. It was not very easy to or agile to do that in Satoshi's games. And then we saw as well a high demand of users interacting that what they wanted to do is using um satosis as their collateral when playing two other opponents uh, if that actually results on earning the other opponents' stats which is the case of landing a guard um because that was the hit that was probably the best game that everyone reported in the platform then we wanted to focus on a game that had the same strategy um and, and actually imp- had a high impact on 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 the vision of of creating a different product out of satosis games
0: uh, i think this is probably just goes without saying but obviously the lightning community right now is relatively small obviously you can't make a business that only serves you know current day you know bitcoin lightning enthusiasts it's got to be a game that actually appeals to people who are not necessarily into bitcoin and lightning so how are you thinking about ways to get to those kinds of or to get to that kind of audience
1: yeah so first uh, i think it has to be progressive from the sense that we want to i mean that's the strategy we're following right now we are not actually targeting where we are we're working on light night which is this this game that is the star product that we put all of all of all of our efforts and resources on this at the moment on this game it's a battle royale it's very classic to this kind of games like fortnite h1 z1 or, or pvg where you know these guys jump into a, into a room and they you know play and, and kill each other for a time and so this kind of is we're actually taking advantage of this trendy topic. So we're actually play, using a game that is uh, globally accepted as a, as, a, as a success. And then we're actually changing kind of the incentives mechanics to bring uh, different strategies for the for the gamer that they actually incentivize more the, the gameplay. So basically we are making a, a game that is a global success as, as a standard. Uh, and then we're adding the results that they were the, 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 the most attractive results of Lightning Agar and Satoshi's games into that game. So, um, it's interesting, this question, because the way we want to onboard uh, traditional gamers and users that they are, aside from the crypto community, uh, we first need to give them, we first need to show them the problem that they are actually experiencing, which um, some of them, they, they don't see it yet. And that's the actual challenge, uh, trying to onboard them, uh, because you have to demonstrate that currently they are consuming a product, that doesn't completely satisfy them until you provide them with something better, uh, something very similar that happened with blockbuster and Netflix when they come together and 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 one you know bank the other
0: one. Maybe this is like the Henry Ford. If I asked them what they wanted, they would have asked for you know a faster horse, right? Um, but maybe there's an appeal there for people to play something like Fortnite, but with the the ability to make money and make sats out of it. Uh, and then, obviously, there's all the in-game items and so on. So, can you give us an overview what what will Light Night look like when we're playing it?
1: So, the first that I want to emphasize is about the gaming experience, uh, other than the economy of the game or the Bitcoin integration. I mean, it has to be a beautiful experience. It has to be as beautiful as possible, and it has to maximize the gaming experience. And it doesn't have to be like currently blockchain games that they are you know, blockchain all over the place, 90% of the game is blockchain, and then they have some gaming experience, which is really cool. We want to make the game an entire product that, together with the animations, the design, the Easter eggs, the the game mechanics, and then the Bitcoin integration, as all of them make the actual beautifulness of the game. So, and we think this is very important, because it doesn't matter where the skins are stored, or it doesn't matter where the big integration happens, if there is not an actual incentive to consume the product. So the actual issue happens from the scratch, from the architectural uh, development of the game mechanics. So we actually we actually got together and design a game where we prioritize and maximize the circular economies of every single role involved of the in, in the game. And just when you actually start gaming or start playing the game, you, you will see that uh, it's a normal game. In the sense that this is is the classical beautiful game like fortnite or any other kind of game that is beautiful, but it also brings additional capabilities to the consumer to the to the gamer that that you know affects directly to the motivation to play due to the incentives that they are in the game
0: yeah and definitely I was uh, quite excited when I saw the video and the promotional material that you and the team have put out can you tell us a little bit about the the journey that you're going on and what sort of timelines you're working on as i understand there's the pre-sale I, I i made an order on the pre-sale uh and can you tell us a bit about the schedule that you're operating on there
1: yeah sure so actually we're gonna go for um announcing and launching their first single player like a few weeks ago we got a bit delayed and we are actually launching this month so, hopefully, during this and the next week, we are launching a single player, which is basically, basically a, a minimal prototype that puts together all of the core features of the, you know, the user controller that can actually uh, play around the area, some shadowing, some design, some lightning integrations about the visual effects. Um, then, we, we're actually going for the next month to launch the first prototype of the multiplayer where we can actually allow that. This is in April, and uh, we can actually allow users to play. You know in a real-time multiplayer and then over the summer we're gonna keep working on the on the game policy and adding more bitcoin uh, meta game features on, on the game so we, we will be doing more iterations of the user interface and we'll be creating a better systems for for the shot which is actually the the screen that the user uh, sees in the game and improving basically what what, what is it is based on the community feedback because we are releasing early, we are focusing on an early release, and then we are going to go through an open development uh, strategy where we are going to build based on what the community asks and demands. And then by the end of the year, we'll be actually doing a global launch in the sense that we are actually uh, adding support for uh, mobile and for and for uh, consoles that, that we are going to uh, aim for. As well as the next iterations of the game will include uh, support for uh, virtual reality and, and other things that we like and we would like to explore. But that would be way for, for you know, a second queues or third quarter of 2021.
0: Will it be primarily a PC game, but then you'll also have a mobile version with it? Or what's the thinking around cross-platform?
1: Yeah, the strategy is to have a desktop game where it's in the PC and you play in order that uh, that once the game is in high quality standards due to the old iterations of the development and it goes out of the beta then it will come out as an official game on mobile um, playstation and nintendo and all of these uh you know devices that they are also attractive for traditional gamers
0: yeah and is it going to be like you know you're a pc gamer but you can also be playing with someone on mobile
1: yeah i mean we want to make it as, as much interactable uh, interoperable as possible and. And we are going to to work to maximize that. So that, that's our focus to do that. That's our target. That's the end the goal to make it possible.
0: Cool, cool. And so, okay, so I mean, it's a shooting game. Can you talk us through what are some of the typical game modes going to be? Is it going to be like a deathmatch style or capture the flag or last man standing? Like, what's the thinking there?
1: So all of those things you described, we, we call them like missions. And, and there's a wide variety of, of missions that we can include. And the interesting thing is that users can claim and demand missions that they actually can propose, and then we are open to hear that, and, uh, and we are open to see if actually you know, if they vote for other missions, then we can develop them and, and make it happen. But all of these kind of challenges or missions, like you know, capture the flag, or or go to this point, or kill one 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 open specific guy of the game, uh, they, they are into something we call the casual mode, which is something that is. No competitive at all, and you just go there, play, and maybe if you complete some set of missions, then you get rewarded with either skins or such. And that's cool. That's but that's, this is not new. We're not making something new here. It's the same as happens in in Fortnite or other games, where basically you you know you just play in a death match in a room, and then you can either go and follow the missions or just have fun playing that. And that's cool, but that's something that we actually think that is going to be a high demand for that. And but but we're bringing something new, and and this is what I actually actually want to emphasize because I think it's in my opinion the TNT It's like the, the like the bomb of the game, something that is something that it has not been done before. And and let me explain uh, the concept. So okay, in order to explain the concept, first I need to know, to settle down, you know, to settle up some some differences between Fortnite or PUBG or all of these games and and Lightning. since. Our mission, the sense, the company mission is bringing uh, circular economies within gaming experiences. We, we the actually, the standard that we are following to make this happen is that as well as you can buy items in the store, you can sell those items, and as well as you can sell those items to any other user, you can actually withdraw your profit using Lightning, and and this actually, you know, uh, close the circle because in other platforms like Steam with with the games or, or Fortnite, you cannot actually sell the items to any other players. And in case you can, like counter strike, you can there is a community marketplace, you cannot actually withdraw the, the, the profits because basically you get the steam balance, which is the steam coin that is is basically a database coin that you cannot actually withdraw. So the money is is stays there. So it's like a linear economy going from the you know consumer to the provider, and that's the end of the story. Uh, we, we, we don't want to do that and we are not actually doing it. We are actually closing the circle. So if we start with this actually game mechanics where you can have this circular economy within the game, then we explore it in a a brilliant mode that can catch up with eSports. Because Battle Royale have not actually catch up very much with eSports, in the sense that they they go for a more social aspect, which includes going influencers and streamers, put them together in a room and make something social, but not something very, very competitive or skill-based. And probably this is because of the skill mechanics or the or the actual skill-based mechanics of the game. The the way we're actually overcoming this is, is doing a game mode where you we call it arena. And basically you jump into this arena with guys and and when this when you're jumping with the matchmaking process pairs you with guys of the same level, so there's a rack system and the same value of the items you currently are wearing. So this is interesting to analyze because if you for this arena game I bring my my skin that costs X, and my hat that costs Y. Then I get paired with other players that they have same values, bring to the game and the same level, same rank. So then we, we are all together in this room. We are in the map playing uh, either me, if I'm playing solo or, or with a squad. And if I get killed, my, my actually items drop to the floor and and I've lost them. I mean. I actually brought them at the beginning as a collateral, but now I lost my game and they are in the floor. And if any other player comes and grabs the loot of their user and make it to win, they actually have now in the inventory. So now they can actually play for a reason. But it's very skill-based strategies because in a fraction of a second where you are actually grabbing the loot of a dead player, you have to choose because you have a backpack and that has a limited amount of slots and then you have to take the wise decision whether you want to have a better upgrade of gun that that user may have, or ammo, or a skin that is so valuable. Because maybe the, the biggest, the, the the most greedy option is not the most strategic option. And something very interesting making a point on scarcity here is that if no one grabs that loot and stays in the game, and the game is end, you know, the game is finished, then that actually unit is disappeared, affecting the total supply of that specific asset, and Making um, uh, m- making the market and the you know the demand and the supply to decide about that price, uh, making a behavior whether where the actual first assets of the first season passes they get more uh, more rewarded they, they increase in value over the time.
0: Then basically you go into this death match and obviously that's like an opt-in style and if you lose your gear then basically you've just you've lost your gear and it's kind of like a winner takes all system but as you were saying there's still a strategic element of what items that person would pick up because they've only got limited space and they still want to be able to win the match um so does that mean it would be like really expensive to play each round or like how, how would that work no,
1: no no well first i didn't mention this but this is up to the user i mean uh, i'm not I'm, I'm not making this aggressive. So users can either go and play the casual mode where missions, challenge, and it's basically like a Fortnite-style game. There are nothing to lose, nothing to win. Maybe, well, if you get Easter eggs and maybe um, you get some missions, you win things. But but it's not a high reward. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an incentive reward. It's a symbolic reward. Here, no. Here, you know what that you're going to play and you can choose the actual value of your skins because those are... In the market and market decides what cost so maybe you can bring maybe a few assets that they maybe in total are five dollars worth or maybe you can actually bring your your 100 dollar assets that they are uh, high high demanded assets for example uh, each asset has a different type we have three types of assets uh, we have the normal assets basically those assets that doesn't have any value at all in the sense that they are unlimited so there is an unlimited stock Mm, and then there are assets that they are premium, that they are 500 units. And once the assets are 100 and below, they are uh, rare. And then you have the other exceptional case where an asset can be legendary, which means that because it happened for me, rare from one state, and there were so many guys playing in a battle royale, up to the exceptional case that there is only one guy standing with that asset, making only one unit and making. Leaving the space to to that guy to decide what what's the price of that asset, mm, but there is no I, I mean we are we are the, we are making this as a frictionless experience so users doesn't feel that they need to actually put a lot of, of money because you can scale up there are there are scaling systems for this for example if you have ten unlimited assets ten normal assets that they actually are worth barely anything you can all put them together and then you get a premium asset. Around the new you assets you to scale up in terms of assets without necessarily having to compete against the, each other.
0: Gotcha. And I presume there'd be like an in-game store and things. How would that work? Like the user goes and buys the items from either from the store or from other players.
1: Exactly. I mean, the, initially the store is uh, right now currently the store is in production. You can go there and buy assets. Currently, what it is it basically is basically is, is is a linear store, it's a linear economy store based on that. Currently, users are buying assets from us and they're holding it. We, in the meantime, we are finishing the development of providing the marketplace for them to sell them, and and we, and, and our company to provide you know the the tool to do that to making community trades, and then they, they can actually sell and trade their assets there.
0: So you mentioned how there's the casual version that has no Bitcoin at stake, and then you might have a version where there is Bitcoin at stake. Is that going to be also a kind of thing where it's kind of like a people put Bitcoins or Lightning Sats at stake? in the game itself, other than the items?
1: Yeah, so initially we were thinking about doing that as a mission. So you go to the castle way and then there is, a, during this period of time, from this week to this week, you can play the, the, the Bitcoin at stake mode, and which is in the casual mode, and there is it's not competitive. Well, it's competitive from the sense that you're playing with, with ranges of satoshi that you can either pick up or, or lose. And um, yeah, actually, this 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 mode we, we started to do in the development and the design thinking of this. And basically, your stats that you put up front, they're actually your 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 health bar. So basically, when they're killing you, they're, they're killing you. They're, they're like sucking your 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 health and adding the other opponent as a as a shield bar. So the more you're killing other players, you are sticking more stats and you have more shields. So you have you're, you're harder to to kill. And that's the, the actually game mechanics that we, we did for this specific mission uh, from the from the casual mode.
0: Got it. And so, as you were mentioning, the single player version will be out relatively soon, and then you know the, you'll start with like progressively more and more have like a multiplayer and so on. Uh, when are you anticipating the final version ready for just mainstream use?
1: The mainstream one, I would anticipate between first quarter second quarter of twenty twenty one. And that's where actually it's kind of more fun to play the game. And this is interesting because right now the single player we are releasing is not actually to, it's not designed to be fun at all. It's just designed to receive feedback to make the game fun. And in the sense that we want to improve heavily on the game style, the game sound effects, all of the game aspects because we already are heavy on the lightning integration and we already are prepared for what we want to do. However, we want to, again, you know, maximize the gaming experience to make it a game, uh, not for Bitcoiners or for crypto uh, communities, it's it's a game that for no-coiners and traditional gamers to board them into Bitcoin. And that's the actual reason. That's why we have to maximize the gaming experience.
0: Yeah. And uh, as you were talking about the idea of getting people in who are not necessarily Bitcoin people, how are you envisioning that? Uh, is, it, is it just basically on the strength of the game that you see people basically telling their friends? Uh, and also, uh, I guess one other component is kids. Kids might want to play these games and then they can start getting used to using Bitcoin as well. So do you see that as an angle?
1: Yeah, and I also think that a game or this game can become the next Twitter app for Bitcoin mass adoption because of this, because gamers, they are the, have the perfect behavior consuming services in games that they already know how to do transactions. I mean, they already have balances in their game, and they also have a store, and they are committed to do transactions within the game. The only thing that you are switching between the Bitcoin and that specific game without Bitcoin is you're also giving the option that as well as you can do a transaction in, you can do a transaction out. And then you actually have to teach them that in order to do a transaction out, they need to have a Bitcoin wallet, and they need to do all of the procedures. But they are already used to this kind of behavior in the the game. That's where I think that, you know, the switch has to be minimal in the sense of the user experience. So they don't need to know what's a a satoshi or what's a, a channel. Nothing at all. They only need to see the numbers going out and going in. And actually, in the background, that's where the technology has to make all of the frictionless experience.
0: Are there any apps that you are foreseeing people will use with LightNight? I mean, are you thinking like, you know, Phoenix or Wallet of Satoshi or Blue Wallet or Breeze or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I think, but in general, we're going to recommend a curated list of all my wallets that we we think thats they're they focused on, on UX experience other than, than privacy or security, which, in my opinion... I think it should be the high standard, but currently we we live in a in a in a world where where first you need to go for the UX in order to realize that you need privacy, and um, but yeah, so we'll focus for UX based um, wallets like SAP, Blue wallets.
0: Awesome, and then uh, I guess getting more into the technical aspects of it, are you? I presume you're also going to look at things like LN URL for withdrawal and so on to make it fast.
1: Of course, of course, of course, that's, that's a must. But in the sense that it has to be technology implemented and and the user doesn't even have to know this. They, they, they need to know that this is part of the game. They don't even need to know what's LNURAL. But of course, in the, tec- in the technical side, uh, we're going to implement uh, URL as well as any other type of implementation that they're going to result on a minimal uh, friction for the game, Yeah. For user experience in the game.
0: Right. And I guess, uh, so obviously, this my show is more for the Bitcoin and Lightning enthusiasts, so we can go a little bit more into that stuff as well. Tell us a little bit more about your thoughts in terms of which Lightning implementation you're using and any other um, you know Bitcoin and Lightning specific things that you're looking at.
1: Sure. Yeah. Currently, we are using L&D and due to the modular flexibility of using authenticated macarons is, is is my first priority. I mean, I, I, I like the way it's designed and I'm actually interacting with 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 the community and and that's what I'm choosing that uh, as well because oh, it's it's very um, easy for me since that's where most of my experience has been since the beginning of Satoshi's games. I've been using LND and that's what I that's why we're using LND too.
0: Yeah, uh, and I presume then you you will have like your own node and you can sort of tell people, hey, set up a channel with me and stuff like that. And um, yeah. yeah. Also, are you looking forward to anything in terms of lightning development coming up? Is there anything that you're really keen to see uh, come into the protocol or come into the the wallets?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm very, very hyped, and I'm very, um, I'm looking closely to the to the next, you know, to the newest in um, how to say. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited about the newest upgrades uh, about the invoicing systems that they are doing different strategies to, you know, to have subscription invoices and push payments are also in my radar. So, so those kind of integrations, they are going to give us so many um, opportunities using cre- creative ways to make more enhanced gaming experiences where we can maximize uh, the game incentives, you know, to, to play. That's what I'm actually watching closely because I think that Push payments and subscription invoices are very, very attractive, and we can do many interactive, interactivity things with that within the game.
0: So you mentioned subscription invoices. Is that using a, a HODL invoice format, or what? What's that? What, what would that be using?
1: So, well, initially, uh, I'm not very well concerned about, about the way is is structuring the center that if it's using a HODL invoice, I don't remember if it was uh, introduced by uh, by Rust by Rusty uh, on the Lightning conference uh, okay. when he was also mentioning about uh, oh, this type of other invoices he introduced it, that they were for 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 charity, for charity, for I see. I see. Yeah,
0: I think uh, if I recall correctly, and maybe Rusty can tell us if we got that wrong, but uh, Rusty was talking about a more advanced form of ordering. And so I think think in his mind, he was looking at LNURL and saying, hey, why don't we get something like that, a little bit more like that at the protocol level and have more advanced ways of doing these ordering um, such that, you know, it can be done at a protocol level. Uh, and also, as you mentioned, LND, I think another interesting concept might be TLV, right? So um, you might have seen recently uh, Yoast and uh, Gugaro, I think Oliver is his first name, and Desiree Dickerson from Lightning Labs have recently set up. And I think it's kind of like a proof of concept. It's a TLV store where literally you um, paste, you copy paste the command with, and that command actually has your some other information encrypted into it as well like the address to ship the stickers to so that's another idea as well that you know potentially going forward you know it depends if you were going to do um you know have uh, the address or have like stickers sent out to the users or the customers then maybe that's like another idea as well do you have any thoughts on that kind of idea uh, yeah i think
1: that's interesting as well but I don't, I, but i will see i will need to explore more in deep uh, the technological uh, aspect of it in, in order to you know to, to do brainstorming about how this can impact to the gaming experience of course but also another adding another point to to this topic something that i'm also watching very closely as well and i'm trying to see uh, more more uh, updates and, and news about this this lightning iteration is running a lightning network within a liquid network that is something that we have heard and I and I've seen a test and, and results, but it's still pretty early and I'm actually very excited to see how this is coming along and if this brings us more flexibility um about using this. You know, in order for you know for creating assets more interactive and
0: and liquid. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, uh, as I understand, I know. Uh, I think Christian Decker was doing some work around making light, see lightning work with liquid, uh, and uh, and I uh, presume as well. You're mentioning liquid. The liquid has this concept of tokenized assets. And so the most well-known, obviously, is LBTC, which is like the liquid version of Bitcoin. But obviously, you can also create other forms of assets and they could represent potentially game items. And then people might be able to potentially trade those around on the li- liquid network using Blockstream Green or some other software, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. So that's, that's, that's actually interesting. That's actually interesting because for games, they may they may have a plus on that. But it's also that I'm not very... I mean, it's interesting because at the beginning, the the users that they will claim that in our case, for example, a light we have many claims about where are going to be those skins as a store. And we're actually now looking for for an integration that we are actually um, doing at the moment uh, where we actually, uh, you know, playing with Liquid. It's interesting because, I mean, in my sense, I would appreciate that all of the users demand this feature but I don't see that this is going to be a critical feature. I mean, it is now because our short-term community and users are Bitcoin users or crypto users that they are, you know, they are privacy sensible, which is how everyone should be. However, uh, my actual target, which are gamers and no-coiners, <laughs> again, to board them into Bitcoin, they don't care they don't really care at all about if that asset is stored in a database or or not, because they don't even care about making profits or making satosis out of the game. They just play a game and they they don't know that they have other possibilities. So it's going to be a hard way to actually educate them in the sense that they they are interacting with value where they can actually obtain some value. Um, That's what I mean that I'm I'm very optimistic about implementing a system like this. However, it's not going to be a high priority, even though that right now there is a demand because my, Most amount of users, they are privacy sensible and I'm also privacy oriented too. But I see that, that most of the users will care more about the gaming experiences because they are gamers other than the privacy structure about the skins in the game. And that's interesting as well, to analyze.
0: Of course, of course. I wouldn't, uh, yeah, definitely keep it simple is uh, the right approach on this kind of thing. And although, you know, <laughs> uh, you and me and the listeners of the show might be really interested in the technical aspects of, oh, could we have lightning and liquid and so on? Definitely, you've got to consider your actual market and your actual market here is gamers. Gamers don't necessarily care about, you know, that that idea, maybe they will in the future. uh, But you have to build for what you have to build for short to medium term, not necessarily (laughs) forgetting uh, the aspect of bringing them in. Uh, Another interesting area I was interested to discuss with you is around community, right? So community maps, community plugins, community, etc. What's your plan around that and having, say, community developed maps and whatever else?
1: Yeah, yeah, we actually want to follow this open development strategy and creating mods for other users, uh, designers, and game developers, where they can integrate the actual ideas and thoughts. Not not an open so not an open source development, but it's an open software development where we bring these tools to do that. And um, yeah, they can actually be part of 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 the map developers. They can create things to the map. They can design easter eggs and uh, in, integrate the easter eggs in the community, um, in the community list where other users can vote if that's a good easter egg or if that's a bad easter egg. And they're voting each other's work and, and ideas like proposals. And then the most voted uh, proposal, proposals, either for game design or for or for style or for music effects, they can vote everything. And then those gets implemented in a, in a democratic way. Um, not only that, we also want to maximize the role of designers. So in the sense that, let's say you buy a scheme, right now all of the skins are being purchased uh, from us, from our designers. And this is something cool, you know, so we can start at the beginning, we can do some metrics and that's cool. But we, we want to actually uh, delegate this task on a community market, a community group of designers where they actually can do the designs, add them to the store, people vote on them, the most voted they get implemented. And now they, when they're buying a skin. From our store to any user, or to or to us, or to whoever, that this designer now can have a commission out of this uh, trade, um, and this also incentivizes a competition I got, I, within these developers or designers because now they are going to be focused on the community demand, so they're going to be supplying designs and skins that the actual community is demanding. No matter if currently what the, what the high demand is, Bitcoin designs, or they are going to be, I don't know. Uh, Trendy topics, things like like you know, things that may, may be interesting in that specific period of time.
0: Yep, yeah, and I saw recently you showed you have a TFTC Tales from the Crypt skin gun. Tell us about that and how that came about.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's actually how it all started. We, that's why actually make it to to be here too because uh, we jumped with with Maro which is actually one of the first guys that that made possible this lightnet game because. Then I remember being in, in Riga in this conference and where, where he actually suggested to hey what, what, what don't you do guys like a like a like a battle royale? That's gonna be awesome for it. So he actually put the the, the seed on that. And since then he's also been so supportive, uh, up to the point where we actually things started to get more solid, and then we started to implement this skin system where we started to do some collaborations with with you know podcasters, my wallets, and and so on. And then then we decided to do a skin with him. So we, we started to propose some ideas and then he he suggested to to, to the final the final skin to be this, this gun and, and this style and, and it was it was kind of, of nice. I, I really like it the, the gun. And then we put it there and people started to love it. And then people started to do, hey, I want more of this. I want I want I am following this guy and I want to have this skin of this more guy. So this is started to create a high demand because of the social aspect of the of the skin more than the attractive or the visual design so people started to request uh, skins from many guys and many and many entities and, and then we started to hide so many uh, demand for that that actually kind of <laughs> make us to work so much but but it's beautiful because people love it and we love that the people like it so so it's, it's very interesting
0: right yeah and it might be uh, funny because I guess during the initial periods they might have okay some you know a podcaster... A themed gun or whatever but then as you go to the more mainstream audience they're not going to understand that right like they're not necessarily going to be listeners of you know tales from the crypt or my, my podcast or whatever but it'll just be funny to see that happen
1: yeah and, and i think it will be like a like an interesting footstep like that is there people may some of them don't understand it but the people that understand it they're worth understanding because they were there from the beginning so so that, that's actually the effect that i like about that and um, that's why actually, we have a, a new skin here that that is for for this podcast too. So we actually call it uh, Infinity Vera. <laughs> so it's gonna be like a melee weapon where you can actually it's, it, has, it has a combination of both. It's like a super. I mean, I, I will send the link so you can you can share it. But it's a melee and, a, and at the same time like a gun that is also mid range and um, it's like a like a virtual reality. Sword that is also a pistol,
0: I think. Yeah, that sounds really cool, man. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that uh, when I play the game. uh So, uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, uh, we could also talk about wish lists for Bitcoin and Lightning. Uh, uh, some people might think, okay, well, look, there's all this development coming and so on. But even now, Lightning works today, right? You can use it right now. So, is there anything that you think you know is needed at a protocol level, or do you basically think We've basically got what we need to um, to make this game happen.
1: I think right now we basically have what we need to make this game happen. What we need is time to actually put all of these all of this mesh together and make it like you know a, a beautiful gaming experience. I think probably there are more things that we need in the non Bitcoin stuff than the Bitcoin stuff because in our team we're stronger in Bitcoin and we also have a strong point in 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 the game development. However, implementing a Bitcoin integration within a game, in our case, is way more easy than implementing a, well, implementing a beautiful game. It, it, it requires a, a huge amount of time and, and, and resources. That's why, I don't know, Fortnite has thousands of thousands of guys working uh, eight hours per day, and, and we are still a startup, and we are making this happen uh, from a different uh, point of, of of strength because we are good at, at at the game development, and we are good at the Bitcoin integration, but now the the game development is way heavier than the bitcoin integration and currently what we need from the bitcoin or Lightning stuff is just a uh, creating all of the internal economy of the game which we can already start implementing that very easily um, and since we all run our own nodes and we all have our own internal infrastructure it's not something that that we need to request more from the protocol staff But at the same time, I'm very happy to see the newest updates about different types of invoicing systems or architectural different, you know, or different things that they can actually bring more creativity options to implement Lightning in the game.
0: Fantastic. So uh, tell us uh, where we're going from here. Where do you see it going? Do you see it like the typical customer might be a kid and then that kid might have their first exposure to Bitcoin and Lightning by playing the game?
1: Yeah, 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 that's something that I think is gonna be first the one of the most fulfilling things that about this product, in my in my personal opinion. And secondly, this this is not something that is already happening. I mean, I, I received direct messages from from that, you know, from parents that they are saying, Hey, my like, kid is so addicted to Fortnite. Uh, and I want to bring this game so he can actually make money out of it. And when this happens, uh, I mean I feel so 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 satisfied that sometimes I get even you know, I give them an access for free or or so I want to keep incentivizing this this behavior of of young adopters, kids, like like very, very young people playing this game because they're eager to interact with this technology and, and, and make it easier so than any other guy. So I see that the potential, there's a potential with this group of, of, of people, especially because we are designing the game with a very cartoonish design, which is you know, it's, it's oriented for, for kids um, in, in the sense that not, that kids will understand it, and that's why we are using this kind of, of, of visual design. Um, and yeah, so that's basically one of the behaviors that we are exploring. We also have something similar in Satoshi's games. There were so many dads that they were bringing their kids to play the games just because, some of the games they were from a very old time, like Super Mario, and, and they see that, that it's the same game as always, but with the technology they love. So it's like something that they feel like very, very satisfied and they bring the kids to play.
0: Yeah, that'll be really cool to see. And I think it is true when we're talking about social change in general, oftentimes it, is, it, is, it happens just from change of generations, right? And because Bitcoin has been around, especially for kids, it's basically been around for their whole lives, uh by the time you know the game's kind of come out and so on, that's uh, a good angle for people to have some exposure to bitcoin uh, to to the uh non uh hardcore bitcoin audience as uh maybe you and I are um so look Carlos, uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention any uh parting thoughts for the listeners
1: um i think I think this has been a good conversation, but yeah, the only thing is like what I mentioned before about the skin, so for all of your audience, they have their skin there, they can grab it and and if they buy the game uh, using that link that it, it gives them for free the, the skin and it also gives them a 20% discount that if they don't go through a, a link like this, they cannot obtain so that's a, a gift for, for your
0: audience. Fantastic, well thank you and uh, Carlos make sure you let the listeners know where they can find you.
1: Sure, uh, they can find me uh, on Twitter like NYT hat there, and they can follow Satoshi's Games, uh, which is at Satoshi's games or straight and um, the actual game product, the for the, the, the light night product is light night game. Um and yeah, that's that's where everyone can find Fantastic.
0: it. Fantastic. Thank you for joining me, Carlos.
1: Thank you, it's been a pleasure Stephen.
0: Hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to support the show, you can go to my website, stefanlevera.com. There's a support page there. If you want to join my Patreon group, you basically get ad-free early access to these episodes, and you also get access to a private key-based chat group for me and my supporting listeners. And you can find the show notes at stefanlevera.com slash 156 for this episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the Citadels.